0: This is Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Previewing all the NFL game odds to get you ready to wager each week on all the NFL action, college football, plus all the local teams and NBA action later this fall. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. And tonight's edition of Bet L.A. with Anita Marks is made possible by Tisa Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Teza Nutrient Pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Bet L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Bet L.A. with Anita Marks right now.
1: That's right. Uh, welcome in. Bet L.A. here, hour two and uh, spending a lot of time on this 49ers-Rams game. Why not? The 49ers favored by one and a half. The over-under is at 43. Nick Wagner joins us now. Does a phenomenal job covering the 49ers, of course, for ESPN. Nick, welcome in. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing good. How are you, Anita?
1: I'm great. I'm great. Uh, w- did not win a lot of money tonight. I did have the Ravens in the first quarter, in the first half. Uh, that trend uh, took a nosedive dive. Uh, but I also did have them, uh, t- <laughs> I did have them. I actually, I, I got them minus one of, of course it, it changed at, at kickoff. They were plus two. Um, but, uh, but uh, you know, this, this, this Tampa Bay Bucks team, they just look God awful. Um, so uh, a few things in, in regards to the 49ers, uh, let, let's start with Christian McCaffrey, right? Like 10 Ooh. carries 62 yards last week against Kansas city. I'm only expecting bigger and better for him this week. This is a, a Christian McCaffrey that the Rams faced before their bye week and couldn't stop, put up 69 rushing yards, 89 receiving yards. Uh, you know, what, what can we expect from this 49ers offense now that C-Mac is a part of it?
2: Yeah. I think the big thing that needed this week is that he's not going to have just a frantic 48 hours trying to figure out what he can do so that he can contribute. Uh, that was the case last week, and they limited him on purpose. It was 21 snaps last week, and that was by design. They only had a few things in in terms of packages for him in the game plan. This week the game plan includes him, and so uh, there's no limitations here. The only limitations are going to come uh, by what he may not be able to pick up in terms of the playbook this week. But having this whole week, I think he's going to be very involved. And the other factor that plays into that is Debo Samuel is dealing with an hamstring injury. And we all know what Debo Samuel has done against the Rams, uh, really his whole career, but particularly over the last couple of years. Uh, If you take him out of the equation, Christian McCaffrey is going to have more opportunities, and you're going to expect that he's going to be the guy that's going to have to do a lot of that heavy lifting in Debo Samuel's place. So, yeah, I expect Christian McCaffrey certainly to play more than the 21 snaps he played last week. That doesn't mean he's going to get every single snap or that 85 86% uh snap share that he was getting giving Carolina, probably not to that level, but still uh quite a bit more than what he was getting last week
1: it's It's going to be exciting to see what Kyle's going to be able to do with him in, in regard to Devo and you're talking about his hamstring um, Give us a percentage what your gut is telling you whether or not he's going to be active or or not this coming sunday
2: yeah it's 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 always hard to predict, but you know one way you can always kind of lean into uh, a, a possibility is. What happens on Wednesday and Thursday because those are the two biggest practice days of the week, particularly on Thursday. 49ers like to make Thursday kind of their primary practice day for the week. And d did not participate. He didn't participate today. He didn't participate yesterday. That's not a great sign. Now, I I will caution this. Over the last, really, seven weeks of the season, we've seen guys with soft tissue injuries, more groins than hamstrings for 49ers who have, not practiced on Wednesday and Thursday, and then practiced on Friday and then not played in the game. That happened with George Tittle early in the season. It happened with Nick Bosa here recently. And then last week we had cornerback TreVarius Ward, who did the same thing and practiced on Friday, but actually did play last week against the Chiefs. Now, I thought he he looked like he was a little bit compromised and wasn't playing well. Again, those were all groin injuries, not a hamstring, so it's not the same thing. Um, But those, those are just kind of some recent examples of how they've done this with some of these soft tissue kind of things. So even if Debo Samuel does practice tomorrow, I would just caution that Fridays are the the shortest and easiest practice day of the week for the 49ers. They kind of treat him more as walkthroughs. So even if he's out there, that's not going to be a guarantee that he's going to play. You know, even if they list him as questionable, I would lean towards him not playing. It doesn't mean he won't. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say that definitively, but I think it's probably going to lean that way as we sit here right now. Uh,
1: There is Brandon Ayuk... Two weeks in a row now, he's getting 11 targets. He's getting a lot of looks, and he's putting up some good numbers. It's been a minute. It's, it's taken a second for him to, to, to really heat up. Why is that?
2: Yeah, I think part of it, honestly, Anita, is the change at quarterback. And, you know, we saw throughout training camp and really in the offseason, Trey Lant and Brandon Ayuk. Uh, it was very clear that Ayuk was Lant's favorite target. They had spent a ton of time in the offseason together, training down there in Southern California together, actually were roommates for a part of the season. And, and even in camp, you could just tell that was the guy Lance was the most comfortable with, the guy that he was on the same page with. Then you turn it over to Jimmy Garoppolo, and Jimmy Garoppolo has a long standing rapport with the guys like George Kittle and Debo Samuel. And so uh, that's not to say that Garoppolo is, you know, purposely avoiding IU, but, you know, even last year you saw what happened with IU where it took, you know, eight, nine weeks for him to get rolling. And toward the end of the year, he was very productive. I think he was a top 15 uh, receiver in terms of some of the yardage production and fantasy stats and things like that uh, at the end of last year. But it is, it is taking a little bit of time for him to kind of get back up to speed. Uh, but, yeah, to your point, if Los Samuel doesn't play, I think Aiyu's going to be the guy that's going to pick up a lot of that slack. Uh, although you would also caution there that he's probably going to draw Jalen Ramsey. Although, again, Ramsey has done a lot of stuff uh, in terms of covering Kittle in the past too. Uh just taking Devo Samuel out of that mix changes the changes the math significantly for what the 49ers can do matchup wise.
1: Nick Wagner again joining us here on uh, on Bet LA 710 ESPN LA does a phenomenal job covering the 49ers with some great insight. Uh, I opened up the show with a little tongue-in-cheek. Who's your daddy? Kyle Shanahan is McVay's daddy and in 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 how dominant he has been uh, in this rivalry and uh, and and has it become one of the best in the NFL possibly one could argue also Jimmy Garoppolo 7 and 1 against the Rams as a starting quarterback for the 49ers obviously that one loss was the most significant one because it was in the postseason. but nonetheless what 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 Nick what, why why the dominance here with both Kyle and Jimmy G against this Rams team and Sean McVay Sean McVay's great right like i yeah. mean, like you know i there's a I, you know, I'm not dissing him. Uh, the numbers yeah. speak for themselves, but Sean McVeigh's great. Like, why this dominance?
2: Yeah, it's really kind of a bizarre thing, Anita. Like, I think a lot of it comes down, you know, I was talking to some players kind of about that in the locker room here over the last couple of days, and one of the things they talk about is familiarity, and, and you know, we, we talk about familiarity with division opponents all the time because you see them twice a year and so you know them, and, and that applies across the board, right? But here it goes deeper than that because the... Uh, relationship between Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay and the coaching staffs and a lot of the carryover that you see schematically in terms of X's and O's and you know Nick Bosa was talking about it yesterday and he just kind of cut through it all and he said you know this isn't going to sound like some great insight or anything but it just comes down to we know each other everybody knows what the other team is going to do what the offense is going to try to do to us what we're going to try to do to them etc and it just comes down to playing better like who who really who's going to play better that night who's going to execute. Uh, who's going to be more the more physical team. I think that's something the 49ers kind of pride themselves on. They seem to get up for this game a little bit. And also the other thing, and this isn't really the Rams' fault, it just kind of seems like it falls this way, the Niners seem to play the Rams when their backs are up against the wall and they have to have it. Um, we saw that last year in Week 18 when the 49ers made that epic comeback in the second half to get into the playoffs. They had to have that game to win. Last year, the first game they played on that Monday Night Football, the Niners were sitting at three and five, and their season was basically all but done. They were about to turn it over to Trey Lance, and they went out and, and put one on the Rams up here in Santa Clara. And so, uh, it just seems like it always kind of falls that way. And I would—I need I would put this game in that in that same category because they're sitting here at three and four right now and don't want to fall to three and five again. So this is another game that they kind of have to have, and and I think that plays into a little bit more too. If you've got one team that maybe needs it a little bit more than the other one does.
1: You know Nick what what stands out to me in this matchup is the fact that this is a 49ers team getting healthier on the defensive side of the ball over 40% pressure rate against supporting uh, against opposing quarterbacks week 4 when these two teams faced each other they had seven sacks on Matthew Stafford he loses another offensive lineman now his left tackle and uh, and he's getting pressured on 40% of his dropbacks to me that's the game
2: mm-hmm. to me
1: that's the game yeah uh,
2: yeah, I think, and I think I would I would say this that and this is important to note when you're looking at that matchup is the 49ers don't look the same on their defensive line right now as they did at that time, and they they don't have Eric Armstead, they don't have Javon Kinlaw, and and I noted this the other day, the last two weeks you've seen the 49ers defense take a, a big step back, and look, they were never gonna you know play at that level that they played for the first five weeks where they were holding teams to less than four yards of play. I mean, that was a historically good start to the season, but they lost those two defensive tackles, and there has been a trickle-down effect that has really hurt their pass rush. And from the interior specifically, if you look over the last two weeks, the four defensive tackles that they're playing right now, which is Hassan Ridgway, Kevin Givens, Akeem Spence, Kerry Hyder Jr., those four guys have combined for 99 pass rush attempts over the last two weeks. They've gotten three pressures. That's it, just three, and all three were by Kevin given. So uh, there's a trickle-down effect of those guys going from playing, let's say, 18 to 22 snaps a game where they can go 100 miles an hour to now playing, you know, 50 snaps a game, and they have to kind of figure out what speed they can play at so that they can hold up over the course of the game. And so uh, I, that would be the word of caution I would use here is that the, that 49ers' pass rush in particular is not the same group that played the Rams the last time. Of course, the Rams, as you noted, still have a lot of issues there. But I agree. That is where the game will be won and lost. Ten guys step up for either side? Uh, and that will go a long way in determining the outcome.
1: Before I let you go, let's let's talk about some positives for, for the Rams, and that is I expected to get Van Jefferson back. He's their vertical threat. 23% of his completions are 20 yards or more, which means Cooper Cup will move back into the slot position where he uh, you know, typically plays 80% of the time. And that's where, in my opinion, and curious to get your thoughts, that's where the 49ers are most vulnerable, giving up 15 yards per catch to slot wide receivers. H- how do you see them matching up with the Rams wide receiving core?
2: Yeah, the one thing they did in that first meeting, I think is going to be the, a similar game plan where they – they were okay with letting Cooper Cup kind of get his, right? Like he, he had a bunch of catches in that game, but I don't think that first game, I, you, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I I don't think the Niners gave up any play longer than 18 yards in that first meeting. Um, and so it was just kind of make, make, the, make the Rams execute over and over and over and over again and if they can, more power to them. But they weren't able to do that knowing that, Stafford was, was probably going to throw an interception or two, which he did. He threw that pick six in the second half. So uh, to your point, adding Van Jefferson could be a big development for the Rams because they have been so Cooper Cup-centric um, over the first part of the season that I think a lot of teams are viewing it as, okay, we're going to let Cooper Cup get his, for, to make a basketball analogy, we're going to let him get his 30 points game, uh, but we're going to hold everybody else into single figures. You know, And that's, I think that's kind of how the, the, the Niners are still viewing this you know they're going to try to make sure that yes, Cooper Cup's probably going to get his share of catches. Just don't let him get that fifty, sixty-yard touchdown uh, that he seems to sprinkle in here every once in a while.
1: Hey Nick, before I let you go, bigger picture here: NFC West. It's it's a logjam right now, right? Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> wow, what a surprise! Probably one of the biggest surprises so far this season. Sitting at four and three, the Rams three and three. We'll see what happens. The 49ers, three and four. Obviously, one of those two teams are going to go to four four wins. And the Arizona Cardinals sitting at three and four. So, um, you know, obviously, Seattle Seahawks, again, like I said, one of the biggest surprises this year in the NFL. What are your expectations here? Who do you think wins the NFC West this year, Nick?
2: Uh, yeah, it's it's a tough call. I mean, I think on paper it should be the 49ers. And I'll, I'll say this. I just think that if you look at the, if the 49ers are able to win this game, They'll go to 4-4, four and four, but the big number that they'll have going in their favor, is, Anita, is they'll be 3-0 in the division. They'll have two wins against the Rams with a win against the Seahawks uh, already under, the, under, the, uh, under their belt with two games left against the Cardinals and another one against the Seahawks. I think that would put them in a really advantageous position in terms of winning the division. But the thing that makes it so hard and the, the thing that's really worked against the 49ers so far this year has been injuries. That's been an issue that's come up for them over and over, really over the last four or five years. Um, And so you can never just sit here and say when the 49ers get healthy because there's no guarantee that's going to happen. And that makes it really difficult to to project. And and Seattle, you have to give them credit. I I know I I was somebody who didn't think they would be very good this year. I know a lot of people felt that way, but uh, they seem like they're getting better as the year goes on, which is a good sign for them because – I look at teams like the Niners and the Rams, and I say both of those teams should continue to get better and should round into form. Uh, but so far, it's Seattle that seems like they're taking the steps in the positive direction. I would still say, if you just force me to bet on it, that I think the Niners should win this division. Uh, but, but it's really difficult to say that with much confidence as we sit here right now.
1: Nick, thank you so much for spending some time with us this evening. Really do appreciate your time. Thank you.
3: You got it, Anita. Take care.
1: Nick Wagner, make sure you follow him on all things social media. does a phenomenal job covering the 49ers for ESPN. Uh, Again, phone lines are open, 877-710-3776. A lot to unpack in regard to what Nick shared with us. What say you? Also, we come back, um, I will share with you as well my Raiders play. And let's take a look at at where teams are right now in uh, in their win-loss column and, and what the odds are for them to go to the playoffs. Who's getting the respect? Who's not? We'll dive into that next here on 90, on, on, uh, on 710 ESPN LA.
0: This is Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN, made possible tonight by TISA. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with TISA nutrient pouches. Visit TezaENergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now more of Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN.
1: Nina Marks with you. It is Bet LA. If uh, you're just tuning in, uh, the Ravens did defeat the Tampa Bay Box 27 to 22. So now they advance to five and three in the AFC North. Meanwhile, the Buccaneers um, they are three and five. Uh, I did a little research here. Atlanta to win that division, the NFC South plus 175. Atlanta has the easiest schedule moving forward of any team in the nfl keep that in mind um i'm I'm gonna take a i'm gonna share with you some other uh futures bets when it comes to to the playoffs so each and every week i get an email from the nfl and it, it gives us what the probability is of teams that make it to the postseason uh based on their schedule okay so, so there's no team right now that's seven and zero. But let's be honest, the Philadelphia Eagles are about to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers this week. I do expect them. Pittsburgh coming off of a very brutal loss, almost beat the Miami Dolphins. If it wasn't for that last um, interception by Kenny Pickett. Uh, he he could have ran the ball in my opinion and and, and got the first down but nonetheless, uh, he threw an interception. Miami won but it came down to the wire and it was it was obviously it was it was a late late game and then of course they had to travel and then uh, whatnot. So they're they're on a shorter work week than the Philadelphia Eagles who've had two weeks to prepare for this. I, at the at the end of the day, the Eagles are six and zero. They're the only undefeated team still in the NFL. I do expect them to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers and go to seven and zero. Teams that are 7-0, start the season 7-0, they have a 100% chance of making it to the playoffs. Uh, they have a 93% chance of winning the division. And, and they have won the Super Bowl 21% of the time. How about that? Um, but you've got to lay a boatload of money down right now for the Eagles to win the Super Bowl, let alone win the division. Um, I, I was all over this Eagles team prior to the season starting. You know, it's, it's one thing for a roster to have as much depth and talent as it does, but here's the thing with the Philadelphia Eagles: not only is, is is their roster unbelievable, but they're able to they're able to perform. And you know they're they they're not only they walk. What is it? What is it, guys? Walk talk the walk, walk the talk, whatever. Talk the walk, whatever the yeah, case may walk be. Walk the talk. There you go. Walk the talk. Their their roster screams: we're the best team in 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 the NFL. And the way that they're playing, they certainly are. So I do expect that teams that are six and one have an eighty-seven to eighty-eight percent chance of making it to the playoffs, seventy-two percent chance, seventy-three percent chance of winning their division, and a fourteen percent chance of winning the Super Bowl. Okay, that's the Giants, by the way. Um, and right now, you can lay. $300 down to win $100 that the Giants make it to the to the playoffs uh, and and they have a 88% chance that, that that happens just FYI teams that are five and two have a 76% chance of making it to the playoffs a 43% chance of winning their division and a 7% chance of winning the Super Bowl Kansas City you've got to lay $2,000 down to win 100 the Cowboys, you've got to lay a thousand dollars down to win 100 hundred. This is how disrespected the Jets are, and for good reason. Listen, I'm not sitting here to I, I i'm I am not sold on Zach Wilson. I think he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. Just my two cents. The Jets have been winning because of their defense and because they they've been very fortunate to face backup quarterbacks, if not third string quarterbacks. I, like I, I could go on for days, but you're actually getting. Plus money for them to go to the playoffs, even though they're five and two. Even though the Jets are five and two, you're getting plus money that they're going to make it to the playoffs. That's just—it's so disrespectful. It's comical Um, (laughs) to say that they're not going to make it to the playoffs is minus one sixty-five. If you're four and three, you've got to. 48% chance of making it to the playoffs, a 22% chance of winning your division. Uh, the Dolphins are minus 180. Cincinnati is minus 155. The Chargers on a bye this week are minus 150. But Seattle is plus 225. How about that? Plus 225. I'm all over it. I'm all over it. Don't sleep on Seattle, even though I do believe that they will lose to the Giants this week. Um, we're we're gonna hear from Randy Robles in just a hot second, but before we do, I, I know I've been teasing this and and uh, and pushing this along. Where do I sit with this Raiders Saints game? I'm on the Saints on the money line, and you can get that at even money. Also, I like Saints over 24 and a half points. Here is why. I think this line is wrong. It's lo- it's wrong because the Saints lost to the Cardinals. However. Andy Dalton threw two pick sixes. Okay? This is a this is a Saints team that outgained the Cardinals. Let's be honest. Murray much better quarterback than Andy Dalton. But the Saints outgained the Cardinals by 150 yards. Marinating that for a minute. 150 yards. And they still only lost by one score. One score. They've got a top Eight offensive line, top ten. You want to round it off? That's fine. So I think Max Crosby is is held in check. Alvin Kamara has just been an absolute beast. I, I'm, I've been looking for uh, for for prop bets out there in regard to over receptions and over receiving yards. They're not out there, but I would play those because he's such a big part of the passing game. Um, Andy Dalton is expected to start. We'll see. Who knows? Jameis Winston is he healthy enough? Is he not just being benched because of poor play? We'll find out. Michael Thomas, will he be active and attractive? We'll find out. He's dealing with a foot issue. Lattimore is expected back. They're expected to get healthier on the defensive side of the ball. If Lattimore is back, that's going to be interesting. Him against Devontae Adams. That will be fun to watch. Also, Josh Jacobs, who's been an absolute beast this season. This might surprise some folks, but the Saints have the second-best rush defense in the NFL so i like under 83 and a half rushing yards for Josh Jacobs this week when he goes up against the Saints. But here's i've buried the lead. Uh, here here's why i like the Saints. Uh, the Raiders defense, 27th in third down defense, 30th in red zone defense, 32nd in opponent's passer rating, opponent's quarterback passer rating. Their defense is just got awful. On top of that, they're going to be traveling, so start time for them is going to be like a 10 a.m. Their body clock is going to feel like a 10 a.m. start time for them considering that they're playing in New Orleans. And they're 9-21 against the spread against the NFC. Dennis Allen going up against his former team, now at home with the Saints. Just to me, just all the stars align properly for the Saints. So I like the Saints on the money line, and again, you can get that at even money. Also, I like them over 24 and a half total points. That's how I'm playing this matchup. Quick break. We come back. Randy Robles from the Elias Sports Bureau will join us. Um, We'll find out what the Elias insights are with a 49ers Rams game along with others as well. So stay tuned. Randy Robles next. The Elias Sports Bureau right here on BetLA 710 ESPN LA.
0: This is Bet L.A. with Anita Marks on 7Teddy SPN, made possible tonight by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza nutrient pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now more of Bet L.A. with Anita Marks on 7Teddy SPN.
1: Welcome back to Bet L.A. here on 710 ESPN L.A. Anita Marks with you and, of course, Randy Robles from the Elias Sports Bureau joins us now. Um, And just a reminder, uh, it's the best app out there. If you haven't downloaded it yet, I I don't know what you're waiting for. It's the Elias Game Plan app, your ultimate sports betting fantasy companion for NFL, NBA, and Major League Baseball access to team and player stats, head-to-head team comparisons, you name it. And they've got this great um, little, I wouldn't call it little though. I, I just did, but I wouldn't, um, little perk. It's called chat, where you can chat with the most intelligent people on the planet to help you with your fantasy teams and, of course, your gambling. And Randy Robles is one of those human beings who were blessed to join us here on Bet LA. Randy, how you doing tonight?
3: Hey, Anita, I feel great. How about you?
1: Um, I'm okay. I had the Ravens in the first quarter. I had the Ravens in the first half, so I am losing money right now. I'm hoping that all my prop bets that I played come through for me. But uh but other than that, you know, hey, listen, life's good. I've been I, listen, I I've I'm blessed. I've had a really good season so far. So That's awesome. You know, Yeah. Yeah. So, and, 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 and for good reason, because we work with you and we work with the Elias sports Bureau and you give me all the great Elias insights each and every week to help me with my wagering. So that's always good. Right.
3: Did you, uh, you take the under tonight?
1: I did not uh... take the, I did not take the under, I did not take the over either. I felt that because the Ravens have just been so fantastic in the first three quarters, um, and just to share with you, hold on one second because I was on Daily Wager earlier today. So get this: in the first, in the first three quarters, um, the Ravens are one f- point wise four, point differential in the first three quarters of the season, one hundred fifty-six points to twenty-five. Mm, wow! In the fourth, in the fourth quarter, they're negative forty-six, and you know how bad. And come on, we know how bad Tom Brady's been this season. So, you know, I, I I played the Ravens in the first quarter, lost. Played the Ravens in the first half, lost. And so here I am. But I, I played a ton of prop bets. I put a lot of money on uh, on Lamar Jackson over 60, 61 and a half rushing yards. So uh, my prop bets are going to help me break even. And, and so I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'm not worried about it. I'm fine. But, and you're here and you're here you're here with us on Bet LA. So let's dive into it. Um let's start with probably w- one of the most exciting games I think um this week and that's the 49ers going up against the Rams. And of course, we're here on uh, Bet LA, so I'm sure a lot of people are going to be really intrigued uh to 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 hear what you have to say about this matchup. 49ers are favored by one and a half. The over-under is at 43. Give us your Elias insights on this 49er Rams matchup.
3: Yeah, thanks, Anita. You know, this is one of those head-to-head divisional matchups that one team seems to have the edge on the other. That is San Fran over the Rams, uh, especially lately. Just looking at the coaches, Shanahan versus uh, Sean McVay, San Fran is... Is eight and four against the Rams. Uh, that's straight up nine and three against the spread, and then even more specifically, Garoppolo is seven and one in his career against the uh, the Rams. And and in those eight games, on average, San Fran's winning by over ten points per game. So for that reason, I think I would go with the trend. I like San Fran. The Rams they are having what. I think fans in LA would would agree is a bit of a Super Bowl hangover. Um, looking at their numbers, you know they're they're only scoring 17, just 17 points per game. It's the fourth lowest in the NFL. Um, they uh, they're allowing um, the about the middle of the pack in terms of points points per game allowed. So hardly you know the elite statistical numbers that they had last year when they were uh, certainly a top 10 offense. So. I think for all those reasons, San Fran is 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 a safe safe bet. Especially they're only giving a point, so or maybe by by game time it'll be somewhere between one and one and two and a half points. But I think for those reasons, uh, San Fran is, is 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 the smart move with that.
1: Yeah, I was I was on earlier with uh, with Ireland and Mason actually. Uh, Ramona Shelburne was was filling in for them. And I was asking them over under how many chants we're going to hear, who's your daddy? (laughs) Because let's be honest, Kyle Shanahan owns Sean McVay. Jimmy Garoppolo, 7-1 and all time against the Rams. Uh, Of course, that one loss was in the postseason, which obviously meant the most. But nonetheless, both Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo um, have dominated this Rams team. That's for sure. All right, um, also, one also, of those
3: most... la- go ahead I'm also sorry go ahead one, one, just, one, one just one little just uh, one little addition to that. You know, also with, you know, McCaffrey, I mean, they're not going to lose two straight games after that a- acquisition. I just don't see that happening. You know, they was there for a reason. He himself is probably even extra motivated and they are probably just they really want to get him him going and um, you know, with all kinds of offensive weapons in that backfield now and and on the uh, on, on the line of scrimmage, I mean that's just uh, you know, just a lot of op- offensive weapons, and I think they're going to let it let their freak fly, freak flag fly pretty pretty high. I think on uh, on the week on Sunday,
1: I love that. I love that. Another very interesting, intriguing game to me, and um, I can't believe I'm even these words are even coming out of my mouth. And that is the Giants against Seattle. Who would have thunk, right? Mm. That. Uh, you, that these two teams would be this relevant at this point in time it's, in the season.
3: Uh, yeah, right. It's uh it's definitely one of the top games of the week for sure. Uh, you know, living in the New York area, it's palpable, uh, to, to, to feel what this Giants team is bringing to the atmosphere, the sports atmosphere and the, the, um, the, uh, just, just the overall vibe here in in New York. It's really, it's wild, you know, Dable, what he's been able to do. I mean, at least so far, uh, has, uh, has elevated the interest, I think, to, a to, to a point where it's, it's warranted. I mean, you know, they're, they're not, they're not just doing it with smoke and mirrors. And I think what even, what even is even most intriguing is that the giants are still not getting any credit. You know, they're, they're dogs in this game, despite their six and one record, they have won five games this year as underdogs. I mean, they're in very rare company. If they win again this weekend, that would put them at 6-0 straight up as a dog. And we look back over the last 40 years, and only only two teams ever started a season like that, and that was last year's Cardinals and the 2009 Bengals. So just really, really rare level of, I would call, disrespect. Because if you're still getting points and you're 6-1 and, and you're playing against Geno Smith, and you're not playing a Seattle team that's been like the old Seattle team where they were like, you know, with the 12th man, and they were like, you know, awesome at home. I mean, they're, they're not even scoring 20 points per game at home. So um, it's a real head-scratcher. Uh, Daniel Jones, 14-4 and four also in his career as a road dog. So put that all together, and you have a pretty compelling case, I think, to take the Giants and see them join some historic company by going 6-0 and oh as a underdog this year.
1: It's 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 wild. So Seattle is favored by three. The over under is at forty four and a half, which is which is surprising to me because uh, for a few things. Now again, number one, I feel the Giants are getting no respect at all. All they've done all season long is win as underdogs. All they've done all season long is upset other teams. And so so first and foremost, the fact that the spread is minus three, and and I get Seattle's home, yada yada yada. But also the fact that the over under is only forty four and a half and And so I feel Seattle's not getting a respect in regard to just how phenomenal their offense has been with Geno Smith. So I yeah. just both both the, the, the total in the side to me um is 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 wild. <laughs> it's mm. just wild.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I did mention that they have not been scoring that much at home. But you know, again a small sample, only only three games so far playing played in Seattle. Um but you're right. It looks like every every other weekend, Seattle's involved in a in a massive shootout, and and uh, Geno Smith is completing passes at a at a rate north of 75% in in, in a lot of games, and um, you know that's going to create a lot of scoring. Also, you know the Seattle's. Um, we got the fourth most rush rushing yards allowed and they're going against a team that's averaging over 150 rush yards per game. I think closer to 175 rush yards per game. So, uh, you know, there, there could be just a uh, carnage all over the field, both ways, lots of points and 44 is not a lot of points to uh, have to go over.
1: Absolutely. Uh, last but not least, before we let you go, um, our last NFL game I want to tee up for you is the Jets and the Patriots. This is a Jets team. They've been winning, but they've been waiting because their defense has been spectacular. Sauce Gardner mm. more than likely is going to win defensive rookie of the year. But the Patriots oh. are favored here, even though they've got a lot of question marks in regard to their quarterback situation, right? Like Mac Jones, um, mm. Bailey Zappi. But they're favored by two and a half. The over-unders at 40 and a half. What are your nuggets in this? In I like to call them nuggets. I know, I know Elias likes for me to call them insights. What are your insights in this matchup?
3: Yeah, I think nuggets and uh, insights are interchangeable. I like either one, but uh, we'll call them insights for this uh, for this call. How about that? And we'll say, you know, the 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 one insight that that um, that really took my attention initially was the fact that um, just head to head, this is the 21st time in a row that the Patriots and Jets are playing, and the Patriots are favored. I mean, 20, 21 times in a row. I mean, where's the respect? You know, here's here's the Jets finally with a great team uh four wins in a row and like you mentioned uh, just an awesome defense yet people are asking me they're saying R- R- you know randy why are the patriots favored in this game especially coming off that bad loss you know on on uh on monday night and, and 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 all these things i thought that maybe well maybe one of the reasons why is is, is the betting public think well belichick's the, he just doesn't he just doesn't lose two games in a row you know he's going to come back he's going to He's going to he's going to rip everybody a new one and say, hey, let's get back to let's get back to the winning way. So I did investigate that, Anita. And I found that in the post Brady era, the Patriots are only 10 and 8 after a loss. So it's not like they're it's to think that that they're going to come back just because they lost last week. That's not going to happen. You mentioned the Jets defense. You know, they have they have a chance to do something that has never been done in 100 years of the NFL. In week two, they allowed 30 points to the Ravens. But every subsequent week since then, they've allowed less and less and less points. Five weeks in a row, they have improved on their points allowed. If they if they allow fewer than nine points this week, they'll be the first team in NFL history to reduce their points allowed week over week for six weeks in a row. That's how good that defense is, and that's how they're trending. So for that reason, I think it's... I, I think about taking the points with the Jets for the disrespect factor, for the for the quality of their defense, and for the overhypeness of Belichick after a loss.
1: Okay, um, I, I just I, I just I'm not a believer in Zach Wilson, so okay. I I just and, and four interceptions against the Patriots last year. I
0: mm-hmm. don't see
1: his quarterback play improving this season. But listen, uh, you're, you're you're the expert here. I will follow your lead. Randy. So, so appreciate your time with us here on bed LA. Thank you so much. Great insights as always from Elias. Um, and, and always love having you on my friend. Thank you so much.
3: It's my pleasure. Anita, have a great weekend and uh, looking forward to talking to you again soon.
1: You got it. Randy Robles joining the here from the Elias sports bureau. Again, just a reminder, make sure you download the Elias game plan app, helping you with fantasy and gambling. Still, a lot more coming your way here on Bet LA, 710 ESPN LA. And-
0: this is Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN, made possible tonight by TISA. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza Nutrient Pouches. Visit TeaSAENergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now, more of Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN.
2: When you're struggling on, on offense, you got to look at everything and the details. Uh, when there's just, you know, there's been too many, uh, you know, what seem like simple uh, mental errors, and you know, I'm not a robot up here, so I think people in this uh, society have a hard time hearing the truth sometimes.
1: It's uh, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. I, I, at the end of the day, like I understand what he's saying. He's not a robot. He's frustrated. You know, he's he's working with a lot of rookie wide receivers. Devonte Adams leaves Green Bay. He goes to, uh, to he goes to the Raiders to play for the Raiders. You know, this is a, a Green Bay Packers team that's uh, three and four. You've got the Minnesota Vikings sitting at five and one. I think they win again this week. I'm just saying. I told folks play the Minnesota Vikings to win this this, this division. Don't sleep on Minnesota. I thought Green Bay would struggle. I just, didn't th- I just didn't think it would be this bad. I mean, I think it's really bad. And then, so here's something interesting. And, and, and Tyler and Rebecca, I'd love I'd love to get your, your thoughts on this. So this is a Green Bay Packers team this week now that are, are taking on the Buffalo Bills. This is the Sunday night game, right? And Green Bay's getting 11. This is the first time in Aaron Rodgers' career that he is a double-digit dog. He's never been more than a nine-point dog. He's getting 11 points. Now, keep in mind, this is a Green Bay Packers team. They're top five in passing defense. The Buffalo Bills, (laughs) I I have no doubt they're coming off of a bye. They're ready to rip and roll. I know how great they are. The Packers are going to struggle. More than likely and and, and again i 'm not talking down to anyone i 'm sure there 's folks out there who know i 'm just stating the obvious when when an, when an offense isn 't driving and moving the chains and they 're three and out three and out, three and out what happens? Your defense gets tired, so that top five defense very well could you know become maybe a top like like slide down to like a top ten or top fifteen defense if the Green Bay Packers can 't move the ball. And eat up some time of possession uh, to keep their defense healthy and, and able to contend and contest with the Buffalo Bills. Now, listen, I I wholeheartedly believe that the Buffalo Bills are going to win this game, but I just like I just I just think that Aaron Rodgers is just so good. I just find it hard to believe that he's going to lose by double digits. I, I mean, a part of me wants to take the Green Bay Packers with the points. Am I crazy here?
4: Well, I, it's tough because. It feels like, and it very well could be wrong. It could be it could be an egregious statement by me, but it feels like we're kind of seeing a changing of the guard. We've had the Tom Bradys and the Aaron Rodgers for so long that now this young wave of guys is coming into the NFL and it's it's just taking the whole league by storm. You've got your your young stud and Josh Allen. You've got your young stud. And I'm gonna I'm gonna say his name. You got your young stud in Trevor Lawrence. You got your young studs, uh, you know, in in Joe Burrow. There's just guys that are coming in that are leading the teams that they've joined to such tremendous heights that yeah, when it comes time to face a team like Aaron Rodgers, or Green Bay Packers. It's it's time. It's time for Aaron Rodgers to be served a big old bowl of humble pie. Same with uh, Tom Brady. With this season, he's being served a big old bowl of humble pie.
1: Um. So no, that's I, for I
4: I'm. Sure. I'm, I'm I, th- I think
1: that's for sure. I think so it's a little I, wild I guess,
4: so to go Green Bay. I do. I think it's a little crazy to take Green Bay. Even plus
1: eleven, Aaron Rodgers has never been a double digit dog in his career. But he's Even all, at plus he, eleven.
4: Yeah. I'm gonna say yes you are crazy
1: interesting Rebecca any thoughts here any opinion no I'm just enjoying this back and forth (laughs) (laughs) okay that's fair that's fair um
4: (laughs) and I'm happy to revisit this next week and uh you know I'll be here for the I told you so
1: I just think I just think I just think Aaron Rodgers is such a good quarterback uh, you know like or just like him on and off the the, the football field but it's he's playing here
4: frustrated or... right he's playing i, I he's... get
1: it i get it i just oh, double like like 11 hey, like you, 11 you told me it's last week like 11 points are a lot like like you told like, me a last week that
4: the seahawks were a crazy play you told me the seahawks were a crazy play did i you did
1: i don't think so who are they playing against they
4: played the chargers last week and they won they did win didn't mm-hmm. they so that's um, that's I told you so. Point number one.
1: Um. <laughs> yep. There you go. Uh, some other news today, and it's unfortunate for the Cincinnati Bengals, and that is Jamar Chase is dealing with a hip injury. So he's going to be out for a minimum of four to six weeks. Doesn't Huge bode blow. well. I know especially Huge to to number of people's va- fantasy teams. My <laughs> not isn't, isn't that but timeout like I, a part of me sometimes feels really bad like saying that, right? Like, yeah. oh right like they're just think, they're like, just pieces oh, on the board, right? Team. Yeah. Right? Like 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 our fantasy teams mean more than this dude's injury or 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 Cincinnati. <laughs> I mean so funny. But it but like we got to talk about it. I I mean it's a thing. Absolutely. It's a thing. It's a thing. It's and a that's thing. What we're so here for. anyway He's going to be out four to six weeks. Now, for me, in regard to the division, what does it mean? Nothing, because I, I did pick the the Baltimore Ravens to win the AFC North this year, right? And now they're sitting at five and three. Cincinnati is four and three. Cleveland's two and five. Uh, and Pittsburgh is two and five. So I think Pittsburgh loses to, to Philadelphia. Uh, Cincinnati is playing Cleveland. And I'm going to get to that in just a second. Of course, Baltimore just beat the Tampa Bay Bucks. So... Um, I do believe Baltimore does win this division. I do believe they advance and make it to the postseason. But more importantly, like what can you wager on in, in realistic, you know, uh, where you don't have to, you don't have to lay an, an arm and a leg down to win Cincinnati is favored by three. The line came down by a half. And, and let's marinate. Let's, I know I'm using this phrase a lot tonight, but let's marinate in that for a minute. The fact that Jamar Chase is, is out for four weeks and he's not four to six weeks and he's not going to play this week. It, it, it's, it's, you know, some people feel like, a, like a player like him is like so substantial. Uh, the odds makers, which are the smartest people on the planet uh, brought that line down by just a hook. It was three and a half. It's now three, because Jamar Chase isn't going to play. Hmm. So, I'm I, so I, where I, what I'm saying here is that I think because Jamar Jamar Chase is not going to play, I think the public is going to be all over Cleveland, and they're going to take Cleveland plus three. But I I still like listen. This is a Cincinnati team. They still have T Higgins. They still have Tyler Boyd. They still have Hayden Hurst. Joe Mixon is a big part of the passing game. Cleveland is get this. Cleveland has allowed twelve touchdowns already so far this season. They have allowed twelve touchdowns to opposing running backs this season. Twelve. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. They they are the um second worst red zone defense in the NFL. And Cincinnati is the second best red zone offense in the NFL. I think I see the where last- you're going with this. The last few weeks, Cincinnati, they have found their mojo again, right? And that is shotgun almost 90% of the time, Joe Burrow slinging that rock all over the play yard. And so I even, the, even though there's no Jamar Chase, again, I think the public money, they're going to be like, oh, no, Jamar Chase, Cincinnati's going to lose. I'm all over Cleveland, plus three. No, 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 no. I don't believe that's the play. I just don't. There's still a lot of weapons here. You still have Joe Burrow. I I, I like Cincinnati Monday night. I'll, I'll lay the three. Do and, you think and, they and, do you think
4: they ground and pound a little bit more with Mixon?
1: I I, I do believe. Uh, Yet yeah, to answer your question, yes, but I also believe that they utilize Mixon in the passing game even more.
4: Because hmm. with twelve. 12- touchdowns allowed to running backs you feel like that you gotta how you gotta t- you gotta take
1: you gotta take advantage yeah you gotta take advantage of that yeah. but but again a big reason of, of that is because they're they're just horrible in the red zone hmm. and majority of teams once they get into the red zone especially if they're inside the five yard line majority of times they're handing off to a running back so i think that's another reason why you see that stat um so significant so anyway, I guess my point is, I know the big news today is Jamar Chase on the shelf for four, minimal of four weeks, possibly six. Not great. But in regard to Monday Night Football, I'm still going to lay the points. I'm still going to lay the three with Cincinnati. Okay? Uh, quick break. We come back. Let's switch gears. Let's talk about the World Series. It kicks off, pitches off, hits off, whatever you want to, however you want to phrase it, tomorrow night uh, in, uh, in Doug Glanville who's, uh, of course, with ESPN uh, ESPN baseball analyst, uh, was on with me earlier today on a, on a, on a digital show. I want to play that interview for you, and I want to share with you what are my thoughts in regard to the series as well as game one when we get back. So we'll talk some Major League Baseball at the top of our third hour right here on BetLA, 710 ESPN LA.